beautiful ones, and welcome to the first episode ever of the Fashion Academy, where we talk about fashion, of course, modeling, and anything and everything else that can help build our careers in this industry. My name is Deanna Iris, and I'm a model, actress, and stylist in Los Angeles. I've grown in this market from freelance to full-time, and you can too. I'm here to fill in the blanks and clear the confusion and hopefully give some advice on how to elevate your career. Before we get started, follow this podcast anywhere you listen to podcasts. I will be uploading a new episode every single week. And also follow this podcast on Instagram at Lay Fashion Academy. Follow me on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at Deanna Iris. Class is now in session. Today we're talking about portfolios. So you can look professional at open calls, meetings, and castings. I have constructed a couple of my own portfolios, but after being signed, your agent takes over, which is why I asked my agent friend, Bree Levy of DT Model Management to help me answer your questions, my questions, and give us a little more insight about what it takes to get that bookable book. Brie is an agent with DT Model Management in Los Angeles. She has been with them since almost their inception for eight years. And it is a boutique agency. David Todd is what the DT stands for. And he is a legendary agent in Los Angeles. He has been working in this industry for 26 years. He has tons and tons of connections. and. They work with brands such as Nike, Vogue, Yes, Levi's, Kinzo, Fendi, just to name a few. Their motto is quality over quantity. And that really stands true to their board because they are a boutique agency, but they still work with these large brands. So we definitely want to look to see what they have to say about portfolio building because they know what it takes to develop a model. Okay, so one of the things that I wasn't really sure about when I first started modeling, and I'm sure a lot of people always are unsure about because you have so many pictures and you, of course, think they're all good, but you don't know how many pictures should go in your portfolio. So I think personally that like 20 or so is fine. Um, it's about quality over quantity, especially with your portfolio, because you really want that to be the best of the best pictures. So new faces aren't really expected to have a ton of pictures, but it's best to have something. It's also not expected to have a comp card. You get that when you sign with your agency, but we can get into comp cards a lot later because like I said, you don't get those until you sign with your agency. So if you're just trying to, um, work on your building your book you're not with an agency because an agent is really going to be taking care of your book for you you will submit pictures to them that you test with and they will set up test shoots for you but they don't but you don't at that point continue on with your own portfolio they will your different agents depending on the market will pick the pictures for you because they know the market they know what the clients are looking for and they have those relationships to know what the people want to see from you. Um, if you are a seasoned model, but you're not signed or you're, you're looking to move agencies or whatever, um, you should have current work. Make sure it's up to date. You can have digital or hard copy. Um, if you're going to have hard copy, make sure it's nine by 12 inches. And 
so I came up with this acronym for something that I want to make sure all of my pictures are in general, but especially for my portfolio, and that's SPO, and that means strong pictures only. So I am very critical about the pictures that I choose for posting, for putting in my portfolio. Pick, even when I do my own pictures of myself, like when I shoot my own pictures, or if I'm picking pictures that a photographer sent me, I am really looking for my strongest pictures from that set because you want pictures that make an impact and you want to also show a range. So that's how I feel about picking pictures for your portfolio. You want to make sure that they're going to be high impact. And Brie had some really good points about this as well. So Brie's points were your max should be 30. You should never go over 30. She should be kept to a minimum of 30, no more than that. Because she, like she says, um, agents don't really want to go through more than that. She also suggests that you keep your the order of your images from newest to oldest. And that's really interesting because I've always just thought that you just put them in order of how they looked. Or sometimes I like to put some of my newer shoots in the front, you know. But yeah, so Bree says newest to oldest, so definitely do that. Please get rid of materials that are two years or older. And personally, she believes a good book can be done in 20 to 25 images. It doesn't take a novel of a port to figure out if a model is good or not. So, yes, yeah, 20 to 25 of your strongest images. And if some of the images are not so strong and you're up to like 25, then just cut them out. Keep it short and sweet. Keep it simple. You don't want to have a bunch of random images in there that are really just going to be monotonous in your portfolio. You want your portfolio to make a strong impact, especially when you're going to see clients at castings and agents at open calls or meetings because you want to make a good first impression. All right, next tip, physical versus digital. Now, I personally have a digital portfolio. I have an iPad Pro and I put all my pictures on there and I have an app that my agency uses for our portfolios and whenever I go to castings I pull up the app and show them on my iPad my portfolio. So um, I think it depends on the market that you live in. I live in Los Angeles and a lot of people do that. So, and a lot of people actually don't even really ask for your portfolio, but when they do, it's nice to have one. So I think either or personally, but Brie did have some really good points about this as well. So this is what Brie says. Some agents believe a model should always, always have a physical copy in addition to this digital copy, especially for castings. However, with the way modern technology is now, many models can get by with just a digital portfolio and pull it up on their iPads for castings. And that's what I do. So, um, yeah, I think it's more of what you can afford, first of all, and what your market is. But I think nine times out of ten, you'll be fine with the iPad. 
or a physical portfolio. I think they're just happy when, when models are professional and have materials to show them. All right, next tip to become a portfolio pro. What styles of photos should be in your portfolio? Now that was a question that really plagued me throughout most of my career, especially when I was beginning and freelance because it's really hard to know like where are you doing? You feel like you're being pulled in so many different directions. Like life's it like if you're all people always want you to do lifestyle, then you're always doing lifestyle. If people always want you to do beauty, then you're always doing beauty. And then you just end up with only beauty in your portfolio and you don't have variety. So what kinds of pictures should you have in your portfolio? I, I do think high quality and a variety of images that are advertisable. When you're setting up your test shoots, um, especially if you're in charge of like your own wardrobe and stuff like that, you want to make sure it's something that you would see in an ad. Whether it's Gucci or Skechers or whatever, you want to make sure that it looks clean and put together you don't want to just be in something if you're not very stylish you need to go to pinterest you need to go to instagram you need to get some inspiration go to museums go look at art go look at magazines look at what models are doing and and not emulate it but yeah emulate it <laughs> like not emulate it but yeah like do it like do the same thing not the same exact style shoe don't wear the same exact outfit but you definitely want to think outside of your own box because sometimes your box can be limiting but make sure you're having fun and being creative <laughs> okay so breeze notes about what kinds of pictures should be in your portfolio are so so good because you know sometimes agents do like i know for me when i first signed with a boutique agency they did recommend me to be more niche and that was really annoying to me because I'm on the shorter side. We can talk about that later. We're not going to talk about that now. But I'm on the shorter side. So for me, obviously, commercial is going to be so much easier for me, lifestyle. And they wanted me to go in that niche, lifestyle, fitness, whatever. Honestly, they wanted me to do fitness. I was so out of shape. Like, I'm like, how do you want me to go to a fitness casting with a model who is also a personal trainer? who literally has the body of like an athlete and looks like a model. Like, I just don't understand how I'm supposed to compete with that when literally I'm not eating healthy, I don't work out like one second in my life, I'm not supposed to be here. And they were always sending me on those kinds of castings. And really, I should have been working out and <laughs> eating healthy. That was just my fault. But I just was not prepared for that. And I mostly went to those kinds of castings. And I didn't book anything with that agency. Not necessarily their fault. Partially my fault, honestly, because I could have been in shape. But really, it was the fact that I hadn't built in those avenues either. When you have to build, build in... A certain avenue you have to practice at it you can't just say oh I'm gonna do a fitness shoot and it's gonna be my portfolio if you've never done a fitness shoot in your life you can't just say I'm gonna do a beauty shoot and it's gonna be my portfolio if you've never done a beauty shoot before in your life because they're all different and they take different skills they take different types of posing different skill sets you need to practice and learn so make sure you're testing and practicing this and I'm gonna get into testing later but Make sure you're practicing different styles of shooting because you want to be able to book everything. You want to be a jack of all trades. You don't want to be niche. Um, so yeah, so Bree says, 
beauty, fashion, lifestyle, tear sheets, etc. Variety is always a good thing. Plus the quality of images, which I said before, quality is literally everything when it comes to your portfolio. If you would not see it in an ad, you don't want to take it to an agency. Like it's all fine and good to book little freelance jobs with your portfolio. And this is honestly what basically what someone said to me, a little meaner, but like you have to step up your game if you want to be with an agency. So if you look at their, their board and their models, your pictures, none of your pictures come close to the models on their board. You need to work harder. I'm just saying. Okay. Point four. I always, okay. So this is about online magazine submissions. And if you, I don't know how it is for other markets. I, I know that other markets in other markets models and photographers submit to magazines because I see them in these magazines but it is very prevalent in the testing market of Los Angeles that if you have a really great shoot with a full team most likely they're going to want to submit for online editorials and so what that means is they will submit the pictures that they took sometimes they already have a magazine that they have in mind that they want to submit to and a lot of those magazines actually have different themes for the different months or seasons whenever they come out with their magazine so they will come up with a concept based on the concept that the magazine suggests and submit after the entire shoot is over a lot of these magazine submissions you need to have like five to six looks you need to have a full team and of course they want high quality images there are some drawbacks about magazine submissions but we'll get into that in a moment but anyway so yeah so I asked Brie yes or no about magazine submissions and honestly I wasn't happy with her answer because I hate submitting to magazines but I'll talk about that in just a second so what Brie says about tear sheets for magazine submissions is agents always like to see tear sheets being in a market as LA where not as many editorials are shot, online magazines are a good source for tear sheets. Tear sheets will always add a higher in element to any portfolio, unless the online magazine has never been heard of. I can assure you, agents who have been agents for a long time know when a tear sheet is fake and has been photoshopped to include a publication's name. All right, so lots of things here so yeah so when you submit to a magazine submission you're trying to get tear sheets that's basically what it's about there are a lot of pros and cons with it in my personal opinion so i'm gonna talk about that but i want to talk about how she said about faking magazines um submission uh publication names and there are many notable publications that you can submit to for free or for money and a lot of company a lot of people in the industry know them so if you are submitting to those i'm gonna make a list i'm gonna make a list of all of the really popular ones that people submit to paid and free and i'm gonna post it on the fashion academy's instagram but basically you can submit to these magazines but they are really popular in the industry so if you are thinking about you know being fraudulent and lying and saying that you were published to this magazine that's probably not going to benefit you especially because you do really want to be featured in and get 
the benefits of being in an online editorial. So here are my pros and cons about online magazine submissions. Pros, you get the tear sheet for your portfolio. Um, image circulation. So you your image can be circulated on their Instagram. It's circulated through their website. And sometimes they have physical copies as well that people order and they can send to your house and you will be your image will be circulated in that way. It's also a great networking tool because when you're on their Instagram, then other creatives will see you and they'll want to work with you. Other photographers, makeup artists, etc., stylists, whatever. And it also boosts your shoot cred. And Bree did say something similar to this, like it adds a high-end level to your portfolio for agents. And that's amazing. And it also adds a high-end level to other creatives who might want to work with you. Networking is a huge tool in our industry. So it's so important that people continuously are grow growing their circle of creatives around them. And this is a great tool to do that because if you're on like if you're in Elements, the online editorial magazine, then other photographers who definitely follow Elements or who will see Elements on their Explorer page will want to work with you because they saw you in that magazine. Now here are the cons. And these are my cons. They're not everyone's cons, but they're just, they're definitely my cons, my gripes, my issues with it. My issue with submitting to, for online editorials is that you have to wait long for everything for most of them. You have to wait long for everything. You have to wait for the pictures to be edited. You have to wait for the photographer to submit them. You have to wait for the magazine to let the photographer know if they've been submitted or not. And if not, then he's going to try to shop around those images to other magazines and that's going to take more time. Then after you've been submitted to the magazine, you have to wait for the magazine to come out. So if the magazine is accepting submissions three months prior to the next issue release, you have to wait three months. But not until you can see the images, but until you can post them and until you get your tear sheets. So that can be really, really irritating, especially for me because I'm really impatient. <laughs> I'm so impatient. Anyway, also, like I said, sometimes you don't get submitted to the magazine that you ideally wanted to get into. And so your photographer might shop it around other publications and it might end up at a smaller publication than you initially thought. And that could actually not really benefit you. Another thing about online magazines is you might not get the tarot sheet because it's online. So because it's online, they don't always, they don't always have physical copies and because they don't always have physical copies, you won't always get a tear sheet because you get tear sheets from having physical copies that you can, you know, it's literally tear out of the magazine. That's why it's called a tear sheet. So if you are online, you can't really contact the company to send you tear sheets. You can have the photographer try to contact and get tear sheets and it can become a real pain in the butt and sometimes you still don't even get them um, in my experience. Uh, my final point about cons with online magazine submissions is that you can't post the images and I know I already said that but it's a double thing for me because first of all I get excited about my pictures and second I also get over my pictures so if I'm waiting for three months for pictures that I've been looking at for three months I might be over them and that has happened to me I really loved some pictures before and I waited, we had to wait for them to be released for this online uh, magazine submission and 
by the time they came out, like, they came out and it was great and it was in the magazine, but I couldn't, I didn't want to post them or interact with them anymore because I was over it. That's not that big of a deal, but, you know, it can be a little irritating, especially because the waiting process for getting pictures is already kind of long without mag magazine submissions. So that's just something to think about. But all in all, based on Bree's notes, it sounds like it's way better to try than not, right? All right, so moving on. What are agents looking for in your portfolios? So this is one of my favorite things that Bree said. So for new models, they're looking for how the model photographs. Typically, the agent does want to see the model smile as many models resting look in images is to be more serious. The best thing for new faces to do is to practice their facial expressions and poses as this will be able to tell what kind of potential this model can have. And that is such amazing, that is such amazing advice for a new model. You need to practice your poses and facial expressions all the time. Even if you're seasoned, sometimes you get stuck in a rut. Sometimes you have too many and you just need to freshen it up a bit, right? So new models, of course, like I said before, you know, she wants to see those different styles of photography, but she wants to see different facial expressions, different poses. You need to practice and you need to smile. Okay. So next we're going to move on to what Bree says about seasoned models, because it's going to be a little different. So for seasoned models, what they're looking for is recent pictures. And I can attest to that a lot of times when girls step away from modeling, maybe they have a baby, maybe they whatever, maybe they move home, whatever. Then they come back and they try to go back with those same pictures. You need to update those, Bree says. So update those pictures to some more recent ones. Incredible book of images and tear sheets. If the images are three plus years old or, or older, leave them out. Keep it as updated as you can. We are looking for variety, a variety of studio testing and outside testing, tears from jobs and tears from editorials or magazines. So if you're a seasoned model, you really need to come with your A game. It's okay if you're a novice to just come with your cute little sweet face and smile. When you're seasoned, you come with those tear sheets, you come with those tests, indoor, outdoor, studio, jobs, editorials, magazines, real, everything. You need to have it together. And I agree, if you're seasoned, you need to know what you're doing, especially if you're shopping for an agency, because that means that you're really, really ready to take your career seriously. If you're going to an agent, that means you're ready to be a professional. And if you're not looking professional in your portfolio, which is literally your calling card, it's your, it's your book. So you need to have it as professional as possible. And you need to make sure that you're at the top of your game. Paying for test shoots. This is such a controversial topic in the modeling industry, especially for freelance models, because freelance models have to always set up their test shoots on their own. When you're signed with an agency, your agent can set up test shoots for you off sometimes often sometimes not often just depends my agent has tried to set up test shoots for me with photographers and that's a lot easier but you know for me but I also still like to test out I also still like to reach out for my own test because I like to do that extra leg of networking and it's also I personally think a part of my job to continue growing in my art in my creativity and also in 
my knowledge of industry professionals, I meet so many creatives from testing. I meet so many people from testing and I actually get opportunities from testing. So I highly recommend testing, but I highly, highly recommend paying for testing for a few, for a few test shoots for your portfolio. If you can afford it, if you can't afford it, you can test for free. And I don't want you to feel discouraged and think that you only have to pay for shoots. That's not true, but just know that there are pros and cons to both. When you pay for a test shoot, you're paying for a photographer who has high quality images. So the pros of that are control over the images and edits, high quality, guaranteed, brand and agency recognition for the photographer usually. And if he doesn't have brand or agency recognition, then that's probably not a photographer you wanna pay for a shoot from, just a little tip there. And also a lot of photographers who do like packages for your portfolio will also have a team available, whether that be just adding a makeup artist for an extra $100 or also adding a stylist as well. And a lot of photographers, especially ones who do portfolio building shoot kits and things like that, they also are talented at styling. Cons of paying for test shoots, of course, that it can be costly. They can be as cheap to as 100 to 150. They can go up to, they can go up to really any price that a photographer makes up at the top of their head, but uh, like still in a like normal range would be up to $600, right? $600, $700. And it depends on how many looks you wanna do, depends on what you're trying to do. Also, um, depends on, you know, where you're shooting. And that's also another pro about paying for a photographer is that they'll most likely have the space for you. They'll have a location, a studio, etc. You know, they'll have a, a, a rented out Airbnb, you know, you just, or they'll have a nice apartment. Someone who you want to make sure that whatever photographer you're going to pay for is going to really be benefiting you for the money. And that it's not basically like if you would have did a free test shoot, but you paid. And I will get I will get into testing more in depth because that that needs to be like a whole episode. Paying for testing is great, but there there are reasons why it's not, and there are reasons why there are things that I think you should really consider before paying for just any old photographer. And we can get into that in another episode. So free testing, the pros of that. Free is free, right? So that's free, that's great. Great way to network. And like I said, so I still like to take control of my career in this way. I reach out to photographers constantly through social media and makeup artists and stylists to see if they're interested in working with me. And I, it, sometimes they want me to pay and sometimes they actually really want to work with me. So we'll work together. And that is a great way to network. And I have got, I have recommended people that I have worked with through test shoots for jobs and they have also recommended me for jobs. So that's a really, really positive thing. And I've also worked with people on real jobs that I've tested with and vice versa, or they know people that I've tested with. So it's a very small industry. It's good to keep networking whenever possible. Also, te free test shoots can be more collaborative than paying test for test shoots because when you pay for a test shoot, it's really about you. It's about what you're, what you need for your portfolio. Nobody's really going to be giving. Hopefully, the the photographer can give you some insight about posing and whatnot. But 
no one's really giving their creative collaboration because you're doing this for your portfolio. They may be doing it for their portfolio as well, but you're definitely doing it for your portfolio. That's why you're paying. So you're going to be heading, spearheading the concept and everything because it's going to be what you need and not what anyone else needs. Also, free testing can be good practice. It's I think it's kind of it kind of sucks to practice on a paid test shoot because it's like if you don't like any of the images from the paid test shoot, you still had to pay. So yeah, um, if you did a free test shoot and you don't like any of the images, you you know spent money on gas and you know maybe a few smaller things, but you didn't pay for the entire shoot. Cons though, you have no control over your images, literally none. You don't have any guarantee that you will even get your images back and I'm sure many models freelance and otherwise can attest to that you may not always get your test shoot pictures back from photographers and if you don't pay that is a risk you take also you have no control over the editing if you don't like the editing or if you'd like it to be edited differently or if you he doesn't edit and you want them edited it's just you have no control there's no I say he, she, it could be he or she. We're not sexist here. That can be a little annoying and frustrating with free testing. There's also sometimes you get what you pay for, meaning they're not good. And that's why in the testing episode, we'll really talk about what you're gonna be looking for in shooting because for me, I just wanted to shoot with anyone whose pictures kind of appealed to me and I didn't look at certain things that now I would definitely look at, uh, definitely consider before shooting with a photographer. I'm very particular about picking photographers and makeup artists because I have been there, done that, and I'm not going there again, okay? Okay, another thing about free testing is sometimes you don't get creative control and sometimes it can still be costly. Even though you're not paying for the photo shoot, you might still have to pay for like like what I said, gas, traveling. You might have to pay for your own makeup if you're doing your own makeup, your own wardrobe if you're being your own stylist. A lot of models will have to buy their own wardrobe so that they can you know, have that high fashion look because you want to not just be in regular clothes for all your photo shoots. You wanna have that look sometimes and you have to buy it. So these, these are things that you really should consider before testing. So Brie has so many good points about this one too. So this is what Brie says about paying for testing. When should you pay for a test? New faces who are just starting out should definitely pay for their first test and if they have the funds, a second one as well. As with anyone playing a sport, you have to buy the equipment. A test shoot is the equipment. A model needs to start playing the game. You have to invest in your career if you want a long lasting and fruitful one. Paid test shoots also assure the agents and models that they will receive the kind of images they ask for for the model's portfolio. Free test shoots are great as well, but you don't know what kind of images you will get back and if they will even be usable. A good test will pay for itself back in the long run. And that is true. I mean, you spend 300 to $500 in a test shoot, you book a 2,500 job, it's definitely paid for itself. So I highly recommend paying for a couple of test shoots like Bree suggests, she's totally on point, but I do still suggest free testing and I suggest testing all the time. And actually, so does Brie. So moving on to our last point, I asked Brie, how often should you test and update your portfolio? 
And I personally think as much as possible, if you know me, you know. I test constantly. If you're with my agency and you're a model with my agency, you know. I test a lot. If you are a photographer who knows me, you know I test all the time because I'm trying to grow and I cannot grow at home just in the mirror. Like you can practice in the mirror, but I need to get in front of the camera and I definitely need to be interacting with other creatives, getting their perspectives, getting their insight and seeing what they're offering, meeting new people, networking. You should, I think you should test like weekly, personally. Brie agrees that you should test often as well. This is what Brie says about testing. If the model's a new face, they should be testing frequently. They need the experience and the images. If you're a seasoned model, they should be trying to get a new test every few months if they can. You don't want to be sending out the same book to clients over and over. Clients get tired of seeing the same portfolios on the same models, and one picture could change a client's mind on if they want to use that model or not. The only way to assure new images is to keep testing. Obviously, if the model is working all the time and doesn't have time to test, they won't be testing nearly as often. But you still definitely should be testing like she said. And yeah, you want to be updating your book because clients do get tired of seeing the same face. And I love that she said one picture can change a client's mind about you because that is really, really true. You know, maybe you're not doing something that they've wanted to see from you. Or maybe you did something that they haven't seen from someone else. And so it's so important that you are constantly trying to grow. This is a craft. It is an art form. And it's a business. It's not just something you can just lightly go into because you think you like your selfies, okay? You need to really, really work at this. It's a job. It's not for fun. We have fun, but it's not for fun, okay? All right. So those were my seven points about how to be a portfolio pro. And honestly, if I had this information back when I was freelance and I was building my own portfolios, this would have helped me out a ton. And I really hope this information helped you out. And I got a lot of great insight from Bree's notes as well. And I hope you did too. Thank you so much for listening. That was just the first episode to get you started with building and branding. In the coming weeks, we'll talk about testing, and more fashion, and model maintenance. That's going to be a really good episode because that is my jam, all right? Also, I'll share some more tea from industry professionals. So follow this podcast here and on Instagram where I will post fun fashion-related things, maybe not daily, but as often as I can. And follow me at Deanna Iris on IG, Twitter, and TikTok. I definitely post on there daily where you can follow my journey in modeling and acting. And you can also see my styling tips, fashion tips, fashion advice, and more things that I have to say about fashion, whatever, on there as well. Also, I'd love to see your portfolios and Instagrams and join you on your journey. So please comment and share your journey with me on my Instagram. Thank you so much for listening, beautiful ones, and I'll see you next week. Class is dismissed. Bye.